Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. This is wonderful. And Yay. This is Griffin McElroy and Rachel McElroy from Wonderful. Our podcast that we do Our as lovers. Our podcast called Wonderful that we do as lovers. And now you're in it too. You're listening to it. And this is wonderful. It's a show we talk about things that we like, things that are good, things that we're into. And um, I'm, t- I'm glad you're, I'm glad to be here. Glad to have, and I'm glad to have the listener here in our yeah. home. Mm-hmm. Make yourself comfortable. Mm-hmm. We have a bunch of pistachios right now. We do. And we've had them for a long time. So you, the listener, you're in our home. First mm-hmm. of all, take your freaking shoes off. Yeah, please. Like, we're not those people. Like, we're not. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Like, you can put your feet on our coffee table, but you can't wear shoes. But don't wear. And and that's sort of. We should have a, like a plaque hanging over the door that says that. <laughs> you can put your feet on the coffee table. Just don't wear shoes. The little guy with a straw hat leaning against the wall. And he's like shrugging. He's like shrugging. <laughs> and maybe he's got like a marijuana cigarette in his hand. <laughs> and he looks super cool. He looks yeah, super cool. Yeah. That's sort of the We're vibe. We're not cops. We're not. This is the vibe <laughs> we go for here. And please eat the pistachios. They're so old. Mm-hmm. Um, and water, I mean, the water is always free. You can have some water. Enjoy some water and pistachios. This is wonderful. It's a podcast we do together. Do you have any small wonders? Hmm. I, you know, this is not going to be popular. Okay. But lately, I, I have been watching movies piecemeal, you know, because I have a few minutes here and there. Okay, interesting. Um, and there's something that, that is obviously wrong about that, nope. that there is not in the intent of the filmmaker, obviously, but there's something kind of fun about just being like, I'll watch seven minutes of this movie today. That is fun. I do that from time to time. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll toss on the It's net. not on my phone. It is It is on an actual television screen, so mm-hmm. that's an advantage. Um, but yeah, you know, I'll have a little bit of time. I'll be eating like a quick lunch, you know, or like I know I have to go through my emails, and so I'll just put a movie on, and it is kind of a thrill. I do the same thing with for lunch. Uh, I've been watching the Fear Street trilogy on Netflix, which is based on, of course, R.L. Stein's. Uh-huh. I would say far scarier, uh, far more ad- adult uh, horror book series. Uh, and I've just been I've been chipping away at it over the course of a f- of a few weeks now, just doing one sandwich at a time, working my way through these scary R.L. Stein movies. <laughs> that that's my small wonder. It's it's these these movies are buck wild, very gory, very gruesome. You watch them, you're like, it's the Goosebumps, man. And then you watch it, and somebody's like head gets pushed through a bread slicer. Ooh. And you're like, damn, R.L. Stein. Is it for like a teen audience? It is in the way that like Scream okay. was for a teen audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very clever. It's these three connected movies, and each one is sort of a pastiche on like Scream. And then there's like a, a Friday the 13th one. And then they go back in time to like this, the 17th century for like a crucible style horror story. Um they're they're very enjoyable flicks if you like if you like gruesome horror stuff. Which yeah. I which I do. Um you go first this week. I do, I do. Break me off a piece of that Rachel Bar. <laughs> and that's the new way I'm gonna introduce <laughs> this segment. Conjure is kind of a gross image. Uh what what do you mean? Like you're suggesting that I break you off a piece of, of that Rachel bar. Yeah. I don't mean like... I guess I could give you some fingernail clippings relatively easy. <laughs> like I don't already have <laughs> enough of... 
What's your what are you talking about this week? Uh, it is a return to the poetry corner. Oh man, I did, let me whew, let me dust off this stool for you. Mm-hmm. Dust off, and there's some cobwebs. Oh, that's a spider web. Oh, I've been bitten by a big spider. Wait, is there a difference between a spider and a cobweb? Honey, I've asked this question so many times because I use. Yeah? I'm on record. I feel like on some podcast talking about how I thought cobwebs were just made out of dust <laughs> that like sticks together. Uh-huh. But it's it is just abandoned spider webs. I yeah. think they get dirty. I mean, a cobweb conjures like a like a more you know, uh, oh, like it's been sitting bare kind of image. You I know? see. Yeah. Whereas a spider web could pop up anytime, anywhere. But a cobweb suggests like, oh, this, this is, is a mummy's crypt. This is an uninhabited building. Right. And, yeah. But yeah, no, I think they're the same thing. Yeah, I think so too. All right, I'm glad we figured we sleuthed that there's one just out. Like a web of corn. God, cops. when we put our <laughs> when we put our heads together, there's nothing we can <laughs> solve. No mysteries that can get by these two sleuths. Uh, so the poet I am talking about uh, is Anne Carson. Don't know. Uh, so she been around for a while uh, in the game for several years, but not not as long as you might think. So she's 71, but she didn't get her first collection published until she was in her 40s. I feel like that has been the case with a lot of the poets that you yeah, have Yeah, I mean, because being show. a poet, you know, is not, I mean, it's not a particularly sustainable lifestyle. Sure. So a lot of people turn to it later in their career, perhaps, when they have already, you know, established themselves somewhat. And yeah. And now potentially have the luxury of pursuing poetry. Yeah. I mean, I've got a 401k going that is just sort of my poetry finish line. Like once I get that to a sustainable <laughs> enough point, I can stop this podcast shit. Yeah. No, that's what you said to our financial planners. They were like, all right, now, so is this for a vacation rental? And right. Like, no, this is no, no, no. Poetry. This is because I want to do poetry, but I don't want to have to work anymore. And they're like, all right, break, you know, break me off a bit of the piece of that griffin bar and i and i'm like the rain comes down in Af- uh, in africa okay. I, I bless it and it's gonna take me a lot to give uh-huh. it and then they're like is that toto and I'll yeah like, and then i have already i've run out of the building embarrassed uh-huh tell me about this you're like no toto's a dog and that's Lizard a of dog Oz. what you've just said is ridiculous <laughs> Uh, Ann Carson, Canadian poet, uh, also a translator, essayist, and professor. Uh, she has won a number of awards, including uh, Guggenheim and MacArthur fellowships. Whoa! Uh, and a lot of a lot of books, a lot of different different styles of books. She's a little difficult to classify, and also a little difficult to summarize um, because she has done a number of different types of things. Um. The the way I became familiar with her was in graduate school. She, I kept hearing about this verse novel she had called Autobiog- Autobiography of Red, a novel in verse that came out in 1998, which uh, is like, I mean, it's poems, but it's like telling a story. Since she's like a like a classics person, she has a lot of connection to like mythology okay uh a lot of like interest in in greek and and so a lot of her work is is like that which is not particularly my interest um but she is she's like a real character like i really uh, reading interviews with her in preparation for today was really fun because she uh just says the most incredible things just like off the cuff so there was an interview with the guardian in 2016 when her book float came out uh, and in the interview, 
they asked her, your work extends our idea of poetry. Do you have a personal definition of what poetry is? And she said, if prose is a house, poetry is a man on fire running quite fast through it. Huh. I like that. If a if a po- if if prose, prose is a house. so like a fiction, if like a novel is a house, then poetry is like this like urgent, you know, just like breeze through it. I don't understand that, mm-hmm. but that's kind of the idea, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense to me, but that's like that's right. Yeah. 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 I I guess this was something that I was trying to get at. Like when I was in college, I had this interest in poetry, but I was kind of scared of and intimidated by it. And then I just, I really liked the conciseness of it. And I liked this idea that you could take a whole novel and that you could potentially turn it into a poem, just choosing like the most exact words and moments that were absolutely essential. But I couldn't like get at that in a way that felt like I wasn't just saying like, isn't it nice to read something short? Yeah. (laughs) And so I like her, her idea of just like, you know, it may not be a house, but like there's there's a tremendous amount of like energy and drama in a poem in like a short amount of time. Sure. Um, so just to kind of speak more to her like unusual approach. So in 2016, this interview was in reference to Float. Uh, and it was a, a transparent slipcase containing 22 chapbooks to be read on shuffle. They were mostly original performance pieces composed and performed individually and often with other people. So they're designed to not be read in any particular order uh, and and not to form any like visually or conceptually like it's just all these different pieces that she kind of invites the reader to like pick and choose where they read. From. That's fine. Yeah. She's just like, she's just a really inventive person. She was working for a while on like a, like an opera. Um, she had, for a while, she had an interest in boxing. Um, I mean, we all have that phase in our life. <laughs> I'm just now entering into my boxing phase. Uh, in 2001, she published something called The Beauty of a Husband, colon, a fictional essay in 29 Tangos, uh, which was a verse novel, kind of like autobiography uh, in red. Uh of red. So yeah, so she's she's just like real experimental um really kind of testing the idea of what poetry is. She also doesn't really identify as a poet as much potentially because she came to it later in life. She just yeah. was somebody that always had interest in like creating and being artistic and poetry was just kind of the way that she channeled that. Um she I I was hesitant to bring her because some of the interviews, she seems a little insufferable, but I like to think of her more as mystical. Okay. So, for example, I was looking at this interview from the Pen Review, and they asked her, how do you begin a poem? And she said, other way around, it begins me. I mean, that's sort of, <laughs> but you know what? I'm so wicked into that answer because <laughs> yeah. the question itself is kind of a I wild know. one. I know. Yeah. I feel like you ask a question like that because you want an answer that is exactly that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they asked her, like, in your poetry, you've explored the life and writings of Emily Bronte. Was Bronte's work meaningful to you when you were young? And she said, no, not until I was 40. <laughs> my And my work was meaningful to Emily Bronte. <laughs> Just to flip it one, one, one more time. 
they asked her, if you had another life, would you be a poet again? And she said, I don't believe I've been a poet in this one. I made things, some of them now and again inserted themselves into poetic form. Why, I don't know. What a riddle master. <laughs> what, a, what a sphinx. Just kind of like a mystical person that seems very confident and very like solid in what she's trying to do. You know, you'll read a lot of interviews with poets in particular where they're just like, oh, I don't know. Because, you know, like nobody views poetry as like a practical life choice, you know, and there's yeah. always this kind of defensiveness and like, I don't know, she's just very much just like, I don't know, this is what I did. I you guess that makes me a poet. You can't say a phrase like poem, the poem begins me uncomp, like half confident. I know. If you're going to bust out some shit like that, like you have to be fully uh-huh. like all, all in on mm-hmm. it. Uh, so it was difficult to select a poem to read because as I mentioned, she does a lot of like long form, you know, novelesque poetry. Um, but I found a poem that was, I thought, short enough to read called Apostle Town. Okay. After your death, it was windy every day, every day, opposed us like a wall. We went, shouting sideways at one another along the road. It was useless. The spaces between us got hard. They are empty spaces, and yet they are solid, and black and grievous as gaps between the teeth of an old woman you knew years ago when she was beautiful, the nerves pouring around in her like palace fire. All right. Yeah. Yeah. She's just very mysterious. It's like the kind of person where if after a reading, she like disappeared while exiting the stage, you would be like, Uh, yeah, "Yeah, that's right. That's right. Where's my wallet? (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) I I always try and focus on these like really emotionally resonant, like accessible poems for Poetry Corner. But every once in a while, I like to dip my toe in something little... A little challenging, mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of suggest like one that like, oh, there's something for everybody. Yeah. Uh, and two, like it's really easy to live your life without encountering poems every day. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes the instinct uh, when you live like that is to just only approach stuff that is very welcoming. But I feel like Ann Carson is worth the time. Yeah. You know, like like dip in, like kind of fade in and out. You know, I feel like sometimes you read something and you're like, I missed that and I missed that. But I like sometimes to read a poem for just at the end when they say, beautiful, the nerves pouring around her like palace fire. Yeah. Like that, for me, that made the it poem makes worth it. All, it. all yeah. of it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Even though it gives you a headache trying to solve her <laughs> mini puzzles. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I bet her and Stevie Nicks would get along. Oh, Great. man. So many scarves. <laughs> Can I steal you away? Yeah. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. 
with I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia <laughs> Styles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um th- for the commercial the Super Bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain can I read you a couple of plum plum bombs Please do. Okay. Well, this one is for Squirrel, and it's from Goose. Isn't that wild? We got animals doing these things now. We've got such reach, Griffin. People, pay attention. Animals are writing these things now. (laughs) Goose says, Squirrel. This sounds like I'm speaking in, like, uh, Natasha and Uh Boris. Of course it does. Squirrel, you're the best girlfriend a goose could ask for. Whether it's going on vacation to Harry Potter World, snuggling up to listen to my favorite podcasts, or watching every animal show known to man, there's no one else I'd rather be with. So, I mean, they are watching animal shows. Have you thought about what animal I would be? Yeah. Okay. But I, it's not, I'm not going to say it. I haven't thought about that for you. You haven't thought about that for me? No. There's the right answer. Woof. Let's say each other's answer. Oh, I don't know what it is, though. Let's, okay. let's say each other's answer on the count of three. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. One. One. Two. Two. Three, Three a platypus. Very re- a, <laughs> I was going to say like a very regal, like elk. Uh, oh, or, yeah, like a, like some sort of ungulate, but be, like a beautiful, majestic one. You know what I mean? I love when you use three syllable words. Thanks. I'm not sure if I said that one right. Do you want to do this next one? Yes. Please. This message is for Eric. It is from Kelsey. These two, these two aren't animals, are they? We don't know. They might be like, you know, like how you say that. Oh, man, that guy's an animal. That money still spends. That's true. <laughs> unless it's like a bunch of acorns <laughs> and bones. That's bones. animal money. Yeah, like it's dogs. dark. Well, dogs. Dogs yeah, but, like bones. But bones are like. Okay, fine. You know? Okay, fine. This message is for Eric. It is from Kelsey. Dear Eric, happy anniversary. Nine years together, one year married, and a lifetime to go. 
getting married in our living room last year was pretty cool, but I am excited that we get to finally have the wedding we have been planning for so long. Thanks for being my best friend. Love, Kelsey. Double wedding. You're getting married to a married. You're married. Double married. (laughs) Hold on. Wait, I'll get there. Double, double wedding. When you married so nice, you gotta have it twice. Mm, I like that. Thanks. It's not anything yet, but I'll keep workshopping it. I'm Jesse Thorne. This week on Bullseye, David Byrne on the talking heads easing back into live performance and the magic of doo-wop. You don't get it very much, people doing dip 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 whoa, whoa, mama, mama, mama. You don't get a lot of that. <laughs> Listen to Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. Hey, podcast fan. We'd like to get a better idea of who you are and what you care about. So we have a quick favor to ask. If you have a few minutes to spare, please go to MaximumFun.org slash ad survey. There, we've got a short anonymous survey that will take about five minutes to fill out. Plus, if you finish it, you'll get a 10% discount on merch at the MaxFun store. MaxFun shows have always relied on support from our members and always will. This survey will help keep the few ads we do run interesting and relevant to you. That's MaximumFun.org slash ad survey. A-D-S-U-R-V-E-Y. All one word. And thanks for your help. Are you ready? I would like to hear your thing. It's going to be so quick, and you're going to laugh at me when I say what it is. Maybe not. Tank tops. Uh, really, all, all, all sleeveless shirts. This is a good con uh, concept. It's not really a I concept. agree, man. <laughs> Sleeves are wicked overrated. I actually realized that we have done a segment on raglan tees or baseball tees. Uh-huh. So really, I just think that like Are you standard, setting up the new merch? <laughs> no, I think that... Sta- yes. But I think that I just don't like standard t-shirt right? sleeve length. Yeah. Long. I want it long or nothing at all. Texas has really made me appreciate a sleeveless tee. Uh... I, you know, I think maybe people feel like, you know, the sleeveless tee isn't for everyone. That's exactly how I wanted to start this off is I've just, I never considered myself a tank top man because I thought like, that's not, that's not for me. I wasn't confident enough, but that's stinking thinking. Yeah. (laughs) This is the second time you said that Everyone deserves (laughs) that. Everyone deserves that magic. Everyone deserves it. Can I ask you, stinking thinking, is that going to be a new signature Griffin McElroy expression? I feel like the McElroys have been saying it to some degree mm. on podcasts for a little bit now. Mm. This I, I may not have busted it out in front of you mm-hmm. before. I like that we're there now. Yeah, I, feel, I finally feel comfortable <laughs> with you. Yeah, I feel like there is this preconception that you have to have like a particular kind of arm or a particular lifestyle to wear the sleeveless tee, and I say nay. Nay, everyone deserves it. Yes. Because in, in Texas, like, let's walk through the argument for a t-shirt. Okay. It's 98 degrees outside right now, right? Yes. And so you think, I'm not going to wear a long sleeve shirt. That would be too hot. I want more of my arm to be out, so I'm going to wear a t-shirt. And to that, I would say, why stop there? <laughs> Keep going. Like you got halfway there where you're like, it's too hot for sleeves. So I'm going to wear some sleeves. Yeah. That sucks. Uh-huh. And the only thing keeping you from reaching out and finishing the, finishing the fight 
and go in full measure is just is just because you think that t- tank tops aren't for you. Here so, is the question. This is the ultimate test. Griffin Malcroy, would you ever cut the sleeves off of a shirt and wear it? No, I. but I. that's because I would trust a sort of sartorial expert to mm. do that <laughs> for me. In the same way that I wouldn't <laughs> sew a garment for myself. <laughs> um, I have cut some lounge pants to turn yeah, them into lounge shorts. shorts. Uh-huh. And one time I did a pretty good job of it. And the other time I made what could best be described <laughs> as turbo chubbies that would give me banned from any social media platform if I did post a picture of myself wearing them uh-huh. there. Um, yeah. So I don't think that I would be an expert at it. It's just like, it's too hot for long sleeves. Yeah. So I got to protect, you know, I'm going to air out my forearm, but like, what about your bicep and your armpit? Yeah. I have thought a lot about why I like you so much in a sleeveless tee. And I think a lot of it is it just seems like you're going to be a fun time guy that day. I think that the tank top suggests a certain amount of liberation. Like I see you and I think like, oh, it's going to be a good time with Griffin today. Because you see my you see my pits and you think like <laughs> if he is like not stressing that, yeah, then he's not stressing anything. Because I really do think I mean, it could be maybe you're not feeling great about the the attendance of your gun show, right? About the number of vendors that have showed up to your gun show. <laughs> and so that's why you haven't done it. But I really think it's the stigma of the pit of the pits that you're just like nobody yeah. nobody can see these things. I wonder if you're consciously pulling back your short sleeve right now. In I kind of am. <laughs> in an effort to... I fucking it. hate these sleeves. I want to burn every t-shirt I own. Yeah. Maybe I should cut the sleeves off one of these and let everybody know how it goes. Yeah. There are different types of sleeveless shirts, right? You have the tank top, which has a larger head hole, and all the holes are sort of reinforced yeah. with like a double stitch. That's different from a muscle shirt, which is basically just a t-shirt that the sleeves done got cut right off. Yeah, of. okay. Sometimes with a, a plunging, a plunging cut for the Yeah, that, I remember that being challenging as a little kid because the armholes were always too big. Yes. And I just felt like, like, who is this for? <laughs> Those are, that. I'm not ready for that yet. No. I'm just sort of a tank top, tank top boy. Tank tops, by the way, are named for tank suits, which are old like swimsuits, one piece swimsuits oh, from like the 20s. Sense. They're called Mayos. Is the like proper French term, huh. I guess. Um, but they were called tank suits because I guess back in the day, swimming pools were called swimming tanks, which is, oh, that doesn't work for me. But it's like a one piece, you know, what we would consider to be a very conservative one piece bathing suit, which back then was like, look, can you believe no. she's wearing that tank suit? Oof. Look at the, look at those knees. Um, <laughs> So, so that is where, I mean, the tank top kind of resembles yeah. the top of a tank suit. Uh, and then you have the, the ribbed cotton tank top that has a, a, a very offensive name that yes. I think we all were, were An saying. unfortunate about. slang. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apparently are also called A-shirts, which I didn't know. No. It's just a way of referring to them without using the very offensive name that we all yeah. used for. Uh, a, That's interesting. Yeah, I would just sort of call that a, a tank top. Or a ribbed tank top. Uh, I wore quite a bit of A shirts, not 
in a sort of Ryan Atwood fashion, but underneath my Hawaiian and bowling shirts that yeah, I wore. Yeah, what was that about? I mean, they are they are a standard undershirt for. Yeah, uh, I a, mean, I remember back in the day, people used to wear undershirts a lot more, and and I I never really understood why. I don't either. I don't either. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Maybe if you get hot. You can just you, yeah. can, you can dress down to it. Yeah. Um, well, and I guess the look for a while was like the unbuttoned shirt over something. Oh, and that's still po- that's still popping in a big way. Mm. I'm not going to get into the history of tank tops because it's basically the history of every other garment <laughs> that is popular now. Is like people were like, "This it's hot. Well, <laughs> let's wear something different." And then like mm-hmm. fucking Marlon Brando wore it in every movie he was in regardless of the role and then everybody's like oh that's all right and then in the 70s people like let's wear these things and in the 80s and 90s people were like let's only wear these things and but now i feel like it's coming back because i feel like we uh, people are just like me just realizing like it's too fucking hot yeah it's too hot to wear a t-shirt that i don't like yeah when i could just be free (laughs) <laughs> to be me and do what uh-huh. I want. Uh-huh. Um, so I would encourage you to to embrace that and just enjoy how you feel. Yeah, maybe you start. See, this is actually Griffin's introduction was kind of in the, in the novelty arena. You sure. Know? He got a tank top that like was kind of funny. Got it, it at a like... beach trip. It had an American flag <laughs> design on it. And then it said training to be Goku. <laughs> and then there's a picture of Goku doing push-ups. And then underneath it said, or at least Krillin. I don't understand the second part of that <laughs> yeah, joke. I don't either. <laughs> I know who Goku is. He's the big, strong, spiky hair man that does beams. Yeah. But I, I don't, I'm not entirely sure about Mr. Krillin's body of work, but I do understand the conceit of the shirt. But I wore that and I was like, hey, this is comfy. And then I wore it the next day and I was like, fuck, I like tank tops. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, you know, you dip your toe in, you say, I'm going to get kind of an ironic thing and you know, everyone will be like, ha ha ha. And that'll kind of make you feel like you're not really committed. And then maybe, maybe you spend more time and maybe I, it's, maybe it's yeah. love. And I got some compliments on a tank top that I was wearing from some friends and that's enough to like, that's it. Yeah. Oh, science, seal, science seal delivered. I'm a tank top. Well, that explains your approach with Henry. You were trying to get Henry into tank top life and he was hesitant about it. And you were like, Hey, tell him he looks good. Yeah. And it worked. <laughs> it, it did. He was so self con He really didn't want to, he's four years old. And he's like, <laughs> I, I feel like I don't look good in a tank top. I wanted to be like, you're four, you're four years old. You can't feel that way about stuff. Like you're too, you're too young. Well, to be fair, he never really clarified why. Yeah. We don't know if it's like an insecurity. It's the stigma of the pits. Like I'm sure there's kids (laughs) in his daycare who's like, I don't want to see any pits because they get started so young now (laughs) with the cruelty. Hey, thanks to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. And thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great shows that they have there because you're going to freaking love them all and mm-hmm. collect them all and have a good time listening to them. Do you want to talk about your live show? Yes, we have a live Mabim Bam show, a virtual live show. Uh, that's Friday, September 24th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Sawbones is going to open and uh, tickets are going to go on sale. Well, they're on sale right now. You can get them for just 10 bucks at bit.ly slash virtual. And uh, if you can't make that date, September 24th at 9 p.m. Eastern time, we're going to have video on demand available for two weeks after the show. So come out and it's join It's a us. super good time. I keep recommending it to people because I'm like, you don't have to go anywhere. You don't, no. Uh, you can watch it when you want. Just watch it. Well, 
on the day of or two weeks, within two <laughs> yeah. weeks after. Let's like, not go wild. <laughs> there are still rules. I think that's it. Yeah. I'm so, I don't want to talk anymore. Oh. Will you take us out? I've okay. been talking, I've recorded like four things today. I'm so tired of talking. Mm-hmm. So will you get us, will you get us there? And I hate to do this. Yeah. Like I hate to put this on, on you, but no, I, I mean, just don't want to talk. This is how I don't, we keep the spice. I just talk, I've been talking so much yeah. and I feel like I'm, it's all I do when all I want to do is dance. You know what I mean? <laughs> like all I do is talk and talk and I hate it. I don't want to talk. I just want to dance. Uh-huh. Yeah, But you're still, I mean, you're still doing a fair amount of talking right now. I know, but it's just to explain that I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> I just want to dance. Oh, he's doing it, guys. <laughs> you know, a little chair wiggle noise. Make it, but describe it like I'm doing a really good dance. Uh, well, there's arms and legs involved, which is a challenge. And there's a face, too. Uh, <laughs> he looks like he's having fun, which encourages me to have fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. This is seduction. <laughs> <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.